Wow, do you feel it? It's awesome, awesome, awesome Sunday. It's always awesome here at Peachtree Christian Church. And today we're celebrating our heritage. We are marking the 94th year of our beautiful sanctuary, dedicated in 1928, and the 97th year of our founding in 1925, and the even longer history of our Scottish roots. In the early 1800s on the American frontier, where at the time the frontier was Western Pennsylvania, Eastern Kentucky, etc., ministers realized that congregations were too splintered and divided even within their own denomination. A group of leaders stepped forward and helped create what came to be called the Restoration Movement, restoring us to a church of all believers, the unity of all believers. Among those leaders were Barton W. Stone, Walter Scott, and two Scotsmen, Thomas and Alexander Campbell, who came from the Scottish Presbyterian tradition. The Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, us, Peace Tree Christian Church, grew out of that movement that they started. And we continue to celebrate these Scottish roots and heritage. And we celebrate that this is a congregation of faith. And accordingly, we have invited three members of our congregation to share their thoughts with you on the ways they have seen God work through Peachtree Christian Church. And I invite them to come forward now. Our first speaker is Mary Elizabeth Ellard. Here she comes. Thank you, Dee proper words to introduce this lovely lady. Mary Elizabeth joined our congregation a few years ago. She teaches a Bible class on Sunday mornings in the library and online so you don't have to miss out. She is a deacon and chair of our adult education ministry. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. What a pleasure it is to gather together on this World Communion Sunday, Heritage Sunday, to recall together what God has done and what God continues to do here at Peachtree Christian Church. To guide us as we reflect, open your Bibles, please, to Mark chapter 4, verses 3 through 9. Mark chapter 4, verses 3 through 9. I will be reading from the Revised Standard Version. Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell among the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it had not much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears, let him hear. 
Now, we know that like us, the disciples did not often have ears. While Jesus was telling this parable, they were probably doing something like this. Afterwards, they did something like this. Peter, Peter, go ask him what he's talking about. Bless their hearts. So it should not surprise us that Jesus' explanation was a simple one. Not necessarily the most um, evocative or thoughtful, uh, not even one that an attentive listener at the time would have appreciated. Think more along the lines of parables for dummies. Bless their hearts. Jesus explains to them well, there were four kinds of soil. And it's easy for us, like the disciples, to stay with that explanation. But is that really what the parable was about? I mean, Jesus doesn't start out saying, hey, there were four kinds of soil. No, he says, a sower went out to sow. Any typical first century Galilean farmer would have recognized this as a typical scenario. A farmer goes out to sow and he casts his seed broadly across the soil such as he has it, and most of it fails. Everything there is typical. The story ceases to be typical when we get to the harvest. The story doesn't say, Wow, thanks be to God, he eked out just enough to feed his family until the next harvest. It doesn't say, through his good labors, he got a good crop. It says, he got a 30-fold, 60-fold, a 100-fold harvest. It just keeps getting bigger. This sower, God, has sown a powerful seed that yields a miraculous and life-giving harvest. That is what God is always doing. That is what God is doing here at Peachtree Christian Church. Some examples. The Sunday morning Bible study that is my joy and privilege to lead meets in person and since the pandemic also online. Among our members are five wonderful souls who were invited by church members from outside this church. One has since joined the church. The others, they simply can't attend because of a family member that needs constant care or infirmity or plain old distance that otherwise would completely preclude them from participating in any kind of Bible study. God used a pandemic through our members to reap that harvest. Another example from just last Sunday at our deacons meeting, and I apologize, I don't know who said this, the picture and the sound weren't so great. So if you're here, put your hand up when you hear this. One of our deacons said that she put her contractor on our prayer list. 
And he told her that he got all these cards with prayers and words of encouragement from people obviously he didn't know and didn't know him, but how much that had meant to him. And he even told his own pastor, who may be telling their board of deacons. What a miraculous harvest through one of our members. She said, the deacon said, you know, when we say we have a prayer chain, we really do. A final example that's going to feel strange and maybe even a little uncomfortable. Think about how full this sanctuary is at the funeral of one of our dear members. People fill this room. Sometimes the children's chapel is full. I've known the, the closed circuit television in Burns Hall to have to be brought in. People come into this sanctuary who might otherwise never enter a church, who might not otherwise ever hear the gospel, but because they've been touched by the member of, a member of this church, they come here and they hear a witness to the resurrection when it means the most. An aside, it is understandable to feel concerned about empty pews on Sunday morning. So I'm looking at the camera. Come on. But we can and we should rejoice at filled pews during funerals. What a powerful seed. What a miraculous and life-giving harvest. You know more examples of this. We really don't need to ask, what is God doing at Peachtree Christian Church? Scripture tells us, Mark tells us, God is planting miraculous seed, powerful seed that yields miraculous and life-giving harvest. The only question we need to ask is where will God sow that seed through you this week? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes, indeed, and thank you, Mary Elizabeth. Her class is Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. I invite now Elder Paul Vickers. He is an elder of this church, a lifelong member of this church, a member of the choir, and a leader of our very historic Boy Scout troop. And we always look forward to listening to what Paul has to say. Thank you, Paul Vickers. Well, good morning. As Dee said, uh, my name is Paul Vickers. Uh, and on this our annual Heritage Sunday, I've been asked to share my observations of how I've seen God work through Peachtree Christian Church. As many of you know and, and Dee mentioned, I've been coming to Peachtree for all of my life. So there are many, many examples that I could, of God's blessings about which I could share. Speaking of blessings, the first thing that comes to my mind 
is that I met Martha here in 1967. And in 1968, we were married by Dr. Burns. Through the years, hundreds of people have been married at Peachtree Christian Church. And among them, many of you in the congregation, I believe, have been married here. <clears throat> Another point about our wedding ministry is that you do not have to be a member of Peachtree Christian Church to be married here. Uh, <clears throat> and many of the couples who come here are from two different Christian backgrounds. So they can find common ground here as they are joined in Christian marriage. This leads me to my second point, which is that of acceptance. As you know, the Disciples of Christ denomination has no creed but Christ, and everyone is welcome at the table in communion with our Lord. And but acceptance goes beyond this basic belief. As human beings, we naturally have many different opinions about many different things. And sometimes discussions about these become very lively at times. But at Peachtree, we can disagree, but we always do so in love and not let our biases interfere with our love for each other. Another aspect of acceptance is illustrated by something our son Paul wrote in a paper when he was in school. Paul was part of the youth group here at church. One of the young men in the, in the group was, uh, he was introverted and really not very, and, and was very socially awkward. Nevertheless, he was included in all aspects of the youth group. What Paul wrote in his paper was that at church, he learned to accept people as they are, regardless of their differences. That's God working through this church. Thirdly, the members of Peachtree Christian Church are generous. Through the years, when needs arise, people come through with gifts to fill whatever gap, whatever financial gap we are facing. In addition, the church has supported outreach in many different forms. We have led in starting other churches. The Christian Women's Fellowship has consistently supported the needs of the church and of the community. The music program, which is a vital part of our ministry, has received many uh, individual gifts that bless us all through music. One example of our generosity is a favorite of mine, and that is our support of the youth group when they raise funds 
for their activities and most primarily for their outreach. When we started the sp spaghetti lunch many years ago, we were trying to raise about, <clears throat> about $500. <clears throat> and we were actually embarrassed when somebody paid $25 for a cake. <clears throat> Over the years though, the cake auction has evolved, it has evolved into a friendly competition and cakes sell for hundreds of dollars each and even as much as a thousand dollars. Everyone has fun and the youth earn as much as $10,000 every year in support of their outreach activity. <clears throat> and as a side note, that's coming up again in November, don't forget. <clears throat> church members are also generous with their time. The church simply could not function if it were not for the unselfish contributions of time that people give to support the various ministries of the church. A notable example <clears throat> is that of the Peachtree Christian Hospice, which is now Peachtree Christian Health. Although Scott Hudgens provided the uh, primary funding <clears throat> for the hospice, it was members of the church that contributed uh, <clears throat> the human resources necessary to launch this outreach. <clears throat> Excuse me, we've been yelling up there in the choir. <clears throat> <clears throat> Finally, I believe that God's, we see God's work through the attention that we pay to each other. We pray for each other. And if you have a prayer request, simply let the church know. And I promise you, I assure you, that the elders and other members of the church will lift your prayer to God. Our regular, <clears throat> we, we take, we send care notes to people who are sick or who have other needs. Our regular practice of of taking communion to shut-ins was suspended during the pandemic, but we have plans to start that again very soon. And we keep up with each other and our needs through small groups, such as Sunday school classes, through the CWF uh, groups, through uh, Bible study groups, and through choir uh, and, and the members of the choir. We keep up with each other that way. Now, I believe that an important way that we maintain our attention to each other's needs is through regular in-person attendance at our worship services. My wife, Martha, equates coming to church with refueling your gas tank. And I agree with her. And an example of this is basically a personal confession. During the week, I get busy with all sorts of stuff. And although I try to be a decent human being, I don't always think about other people. On Sunday though, when we get to the general confession and say, we have left undone the things we ought to have done. 
ouch, I didn't make that phone call. I didn't write that care note that I meant to write. This is why I need to go to church every Sunday right here. So <clears throat> over the years, I've seen God's work at Peachtree Christian Church through the marriages and the wedding ministry, through our acceptance of people and their differences, through the generosity of our members and the attention we pay to each other. I think a good way to sum this up is by quoting something that one of our past elders, the late Don Harp, was fond of saying many years ago. Regardless of the circumstances facing the church, Don would remind us there's always something good happening at Peachtree Christian Church. Don, it was true then, and it's still true today. God bless you. Beautiful memories. Thank you so very much. And we look forward now to hearing from Rick Zaleski. Rick recently returned to Peachtree, well, a few years ago when he and Charlene moved back to Atlanta. He is a deacon. He is the chair of our Buildings and Grounds Ministry, and we have certainly put him to work a lot in recent days, and we thank you, Rick. Please, we look forward to hearing from you. So I ignored instructions, which I usually do, as my wife will tell you, I got three things I'm going to talk about. I'm going to tell you how my journey with Peachtree Christian began. I'm going to tell you how I learned to follow Godwinks. He's in every detail, and I never doubt that. And then I'm going to talk about the latest chapter that's underway for, for us here at Peachtree Christian. So um, I wound up going to Georgia Tech, won't tell you how that happened, and um, Got a phone call one day, I was asleep, I was sick, I had a terrible case of the flu. And the phone call was my future wife. She was looking for my roommate. She needed a ride to the infirmary, she said, and his name was Selvin Hobbs, good Southern boy. And I said, Selvin's not here, but I got a car, I'll come help you out. So I said, where are you? She said, I'm on Grant Field and I can't walk. Interesting. Drove my car to the football stadium. And in those days, we did scheduling with punch cards. Somebody in here will probably know what a computer punch card is. And everybody was required to take physical education. So Charlene had signed up for sports officiating. The punch card put her in men's touch football. She shows up, and what do you think the boys said? Come on, let's play. So one of the knuckleheads tackled her, and it turned out she got to experience an ACL surgery years ago. So I literally, the, the teacher's like, well, what do you want me to do? So I picked her up in my arms, carried her to the car, drove her to the infirmary, took her out of the car, up the steps, and she got care. And I thought that was kind of the end of it. Well, my first God wink was her best friend calls me up and says, you idiot, she wants to go out with you. 
and she's got a cast up to her hip. In those days, that's what they did. You were completely immobilized, you couldn't do anything. I said, let's go dancing. Well, <laughs> so we did, so we did. And as we got to know each other more, I said, I think this is the lady for me. And uh, she said, there's just one problem. You have to be a born-again believer if I'm going to marry you. And I said, I'm all in. <laughs> so we started attending Charles Stanley's church, because she was um, a Baptist in her upbringing, when it was next to the Fox. My first experience being on camera, it just didn't do it for me. So I said, I'm out, we're not doing this. So she talked to her, one of her um, leaders from her church as a youth and said, where should we go? Guess where God told him to say. It's real close to you, and I think you'll like what Reverend Money has to say. So we came here as students in 1975 started attending, and I was baptized right there by Tom Money in 1975. We got married here in 1976, spent a couple more years finishing school, and off we went to California. This is where things get very interesting. <clears throat> so I was a, what I will call, a maintenance engineer for the Chevron Corporation. Now sometimes I maintain pumps and equipment, sometimes I maintain people, it just depended what it was, but I was a fix-it guy for Chevron for 37 years. While we were in California, um, our first son was born. And we left there not too long after that, never found a church in the 12 years we first lived in California, never found a church we liked probably because we weren't looking too hard and we'd strayed from the path. So God sent us to, to Philadelphia, we weren't there very long, and then to, of all places, Port Arthur, Texas, home of Janis Joplin, and a whole lot of oil and gas business. And guess what we found? A fabulous church. So I don't believe it was an accident we went there, and this church, for the first time in my adult life, had world-class adult Bible fellowship. And we were instructed by a gentleman named Eddie. He was almost as good as Mary Elizabeth, but not quite. And so that changed our way of thinking, me in particular, and we traveled some more, and we, so we wind up back in California, and now our daughter is born, and out in California for our second tour of duty. She's uh, been a pistol from the time she came out. And when she was 10 years old, she dressed up in a wedding dress and told us, I'm getting married at Peachtree Christian Church, just like you and Mama. Now she's 10 years old. But I learned right there, you never disbelieve anything that young lady has set her mind to do. It's going to happen. So life goes on, and uh, we ultimately, you know, we're, we're, we've moved back here now, and she's a student at Georgia Tech. My son is a student there. And she's uh, in this thing called the Ramblin' Rec Club. They take care of the car and kind of have the spirit of the, of the school. And she's doing her thing at a baseball game. And she looks around, 
who should I help today? And she sees a young man in army fatigues sitting there by himself. And he's right there today. And um, she invites him out. And um, he's a, been a huge blessing to our family. Um, and we got, they got married right here in 2017. And now they live here. So now that we're back, things are kind of, we're getting roots. The kids are here. My other son's still out in California. My wife looks at me and said, you're retired. I liked it when you were working for 37 years and you were gone, eight to five. I've been patient. Get the heck out of the house. It's time. That very next week, Dr. Longbonds called me up and said, I got a proposition for you, let's go to lunch. And he said, um, well, you know, our building grounds manager, Eric, has moved on to another role in his career, and we'd like you to take that on. I said, I don't want a paying job. What are you talking about? He said, perfect. Because <laughs> we're not paying you to do this. It's for the love of the Lord. And I said, oh, I'm all in if that's the case. And we're giving it a whirl. But God put me back here and trained me all those years being a maintenance dude to be here at this exact moment when the church needed somebody. And it happens to be things that I actually enjoy doing. And even more important, I am out of Charlene's life most of the time. But I still have enough capacity left over to do a few things around the house. But I'm actually doing what I was trained to do, what I love to do. And we now are in the absolute best adult Bible fellowship we have been in in the 47 years we've been married. So thank you, Mary Elizabeth. Thank you, Peachtree Christian. Thank you all good gentle people for allowing us to serve with you. And bless you all. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, spouses of these wonderful church leaders. We are indebted to each of you. You give your time, your faith. You are helping us be a vibrant and active and welcoming congregation. Let's give them a round of applause.